Can you see out your windows now that the smoke from the Canadian fires has started to move on? Judge is next. Chuck Ingram on 55KRC, the talk station. 831 here, 55KRC, the talk station. Of course, Chuck Ingram is referring to the guest who regularly appears on the 55KRC morning show every Wednesday at 830. Judge Anna Napolitano, welcome back to the program. We got Chuck back. <laughs> yes, we got Chuck back. Good morning, Brian. And thank you for the very kind words you uh, said about me to Congressman Massey. Rarely do we disagree, but I love and respect his intellect and fidelity to the Constitution, which is greater than anybody else's in the Congress. Truly. And, you know, uh, and yes, the smoke is gone. <laughs> the smoke is gone. Well, that's a good thing. And of course, negating all of the efforts that the le- the green leftists have, uh, have have done in an effort to reduce carbon output, uh, apparently all the efforts that we made over the past 15 years completely eradicated by some uh, fires in Canada. So that's another thing. And the other great thing about Congressman Massey, I, I want to add this before we move on to the topic of today's conversation, the case against Donald Trump. Um, Congressman Massey exposes them for who they are. No one walks the walk like Congressman Massey. He's off the grid. He generates his own power. He is a brilliant scientist. He converted an old Tesla battery to provide his home with power that he generates from his own energy production on his farm where he raises his own food and built his own house with his own two hands. So it's, it's hilarious. He's the most environmental a uh, 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 guy on the planet and, yes, rejects literally everything the green climate lobby in these nutcases stand for. It's just amazing to see. Because, because Thomas Massey understands the difference between what is the right thing to do and what is the best thing to do and what is the most helpful thing to do from a moral perspective and the inability, the lack of authority for the government to force us to do what the government wants. Thomas Massey is the most faithful respecter of the climate of anybody I know, and it has nothing to do with the government forcing him to do it. He also has an asset that my patron Saint Saint Thomas More had, which is an unbelievable asset when you have political enemies, his sense of humor. Oh, yes. He is always happy. Even his enemies love him because of his personality. <laughs> it's true. It's true. The man's a pleasure to talk to, a pleasure to be around. And, you know, uh, brilliant as we've established, always in front of every issue. He is always on every issue, doesn't speak out of school. I, I don't know. It's, well, it, now, wait a minute. Are you talking about Massey or Ingram? <laughs> <laughs> of course, Massey. All right. Let us dive into it. Maybe not good news for a lot of Trump fans out there who do appreciate the political realities of what is going on. But there is also a legal reality to the allegations levied against Donald Trump. An indictment is not a conviction, but one uh, judge, Anna Napolitano, has analyzed the indictment itself and the factual background behind how the charges came about in the document. And you've concluded, and I understand why, um, Donald Trump is his own worst enemy, apparently. And this has been the case before. You know, I almost I almost entitled this his own worst enemy, but I didn't really want to focus on that. But those of us who know him, and he and I have been friends for nearly 40 years, Brian, this is no uh, secret. He called me many, many times in his uh, White House years, including uh, a week or two before uh, he left office. And we discussed everything from the Patriot Act to the FISA law 
to pardons, to killing General Soleimani, which I disagreed with him on, as you know, to a lot of things. And it was uh, a, a warm uh, and open conversation, even though he often reminded me that 15, 15 people were listening to the phone calls. Nevertheless, those of us who know him know that he can be his own worst enemy when it comes to the unfiltered words that come out of his mouth. Uh, and that happened to him on a number of occasions, which are now recounted in the indictment. On several of those occasions, he had every right to expect that what he was saying would be kept secret because he said it to his lawyers. But he lost the attorney-client privilege protection when the feds demonstrated to a federal judge that he used his lawyers to commit a fraud or perpetrate a crime. As you know, Brian, and as many of your listeners know, there's the crime fraud exception to the attorney-client privilege. So a client comes into your office and says, I expect to be charged with bank robbery. What are my defenses? That conversation is privileged. Another client comes into your office and says, I plan to rob a bank. If I do, what are my defenses? That conversation is not privileged because in the second instance, the client plans to use the lawyer as a means to help perpetrate a crime. The feds demonstrated to a federal judge in Washington that by lying to his own lawyers about the whereabouts of these uh, documents or his very possession of them, he used the lawyers to swear under oath to a grand jury that he didn't have the uh, documents. The lawyers were not prosecuted because the feds concluded that they had been tricked by him. But by his tricking them like that, he lost the attorney-client privilege. And then when the lawyer to whom he said this was before the grand jury, he revealed that Trump said, oh, these documents that I got here, why don't you take them back to your hotel room and make them disappear? All of that is in the indictment. On top of that is a tape of him, and he consented to being taped. He's actually doing a very good thing. Uh, he was providing an oral history for the ghostwriter for uh, Mark Matthews, his uh, chief of staff, who was writing his biography uh, of his 10 months as Trump's, <clears throat> excuse me, chief of staff. And Trump agreed to be interviewed by the, the, the publishers and the ghostwriter for two hours, just thinking out loud. In the middle of the interview, he starts waving a document around. Because this is a plan to invade Iran. This is absolutely top secret, and I forgot to declassify it but I still have it. Well, what is that? I mean, that's admitting under oath the possession of NDI, national defense information, which cannot be declassified and which is always and everywhere unlawful to possess outside a secure federal facility. That's my uh, takeaway from uh, this indictment. The most damning things in there came from him. Look, he had 300 top secret um, national defense documents. He returned all but 31. If he had returned those 31, we wouldn't even be having this conversation and he wouldn't have appeared uh, in court yesterday. It was his persistence in tricking the FBI. There are tapes of his senior aide taking documents out of the storage room, feds going into the storage room, the next day putting the documents back uh, in there. Uh, it's that kind of, as Bill Barr, former attorney general, said, jerking the FBI around 
that helped produce this criminal invest in, induce this criminal investigation, which resulted in his indictment. All right. There was an interesting analysis by uh, Michael Bacasia from uh, Judicial Watch, who represented Judicial Watch in connection with the Clinton sock drawer tapes. I don't know if you recall hearing about this. There's actually a court opinion on the Presidential Records Act, which attorney uh, Bakesha argues protects Trump because he's allowed to take whatever the hell he wants with him and that there's no way that the uh, National Archives and Records Administration, they don't have an obligation to go reach out and bring them back, and he has no obligation to return them to them. Have you looked at this under the lens of the Presidential Records Act and whether it influences the ability of this prosecution to move forward, or because this is NDI, is it your position that it does not even contemplate the Presidential Records Act? Where are we on that one? It, Confusing it, it, topic. It, this has nothing to do with the Presidential Records Act. The Presidential Records Act regulates documents that the president generates, that the president produces, that the president makes or causes to be made uh, himself, whether it's a tape recording that he makes or whether it's a document that he signs or whether it's a record that he or someone on his behalf has produced. NDI is produced by the CIA, the, the DOD, the NSA, the FBI, uh, the intelligence or defense community. These are not his property. They're not governed by the Presidential Record Act. They're the property uh, of the federal government. This uh, plan to invade I Iran, which thanks be to God, Here's the good side, Tom no, Trump. Thanks be to God, he rejected it. Exactly. Or we would have started World War III. What the hell are we going to invade Iran for? We've already isolated them uh, uh, commercially. They're starving to death, but whatever. What? Weapons of mass uh, this... destruction, Your Honor. Weapons of mass destruction. Right, anyway, right, right. Where is Colin Powell? He's in heaven or he's in purgatory <laughs> repenting for lying about that. He hasn't made it to heaven yet. Forgive me for uh, purporting to judge his soul. Um <laughs> But documents uh, that have uh, defense information in them, uh, Brian, you know this, also have the sources for the defense information in them. And those sources are often double agents, like members of the Revolutionary Guard who also work for the CIA, right. who, if their names or identities in some way were revealed, would suffer the most prolonged and horrific deaths in retaliation. That's why this stuff is is so uh, secret and so highly protected. So what I conclude from all of this is that you don't believe he's going to be able to get out on a motion. No, I don't. Okay. I don't. I think there's going to be a, a trial unless some deal is worked out, which will be contrary to his personality. And I know his personality very well. Uh, there will be a trial. It will dwarf the OJ trial. It will be, well, the OJ trial was last century. It'll be the trial of this century well, uh, for sure. Um, the feds, look, this indictment, I know you read it, and I know from your legal days, I don't think you did much criminal law, no. but you understand the way this uh, works. This is the most evidence-laden indictment I've ever seen. The feds know, I'm going to use a crude phrase, when you strike at the king, you must kill him. The feds know that. They can't go after him in a tepid way. They have to pour out everything they have, and they can't hold anything back. And man, did they ever do it. They threw everything but the kitchen sink at him in this indictment. Well, and it also serves as a powerful political tool to keep the rest of the world, the mainstream media, from talking about Joe Biden getting bribed by the uh, Burisma executives. Correct. And on and Correct. on. And, and, my, on. and my friend, um, I'm, I don't necessarily endorse him for president. He's, you know, he's a big government Republican, though he's center right. Uh, Chris Christie um, is being drowned out 
uh, by all this. Yes. You know, Christie, the former federal prosecutor before he was governor of New Jersey, uh, has uh, enunciated uh, an analysis of the indictment very similar to mine. You don't even hear him because Trump has succeeded in controlling the message. What did he do yesterday when he left the courthouse? Went to a Cuban bakery yeah. in downtown Manhattan where television cameras just happened to be and 200 supporters sang happy birthday to him in English and in Spanish. I bet Governor DeSantis was having a when he saw yes. that on his own home turf. <laughs> yes, he was. Judge Anna Napolitano. Hey, we got to end on a happier, positive note on this one. I appreciate your analysis. Co- column comes out tonight, Case Against Donald Trump. Judging Freedom, search for it on Facebook, judgenap.com. Until next Wednesday, my friend, God bless you. And Thank you. Already Thank looking you. Colonel uh, McGregor at 3 o'clock today, Eastern. Uh, we'll be watching. Freedom. Thank you, Brian. Take care, my best. friend. 844 55 Talk Station. Quick word for Suzette Lozacamp at Union Bank. For any mortgage-related need, question, concern, you call Suzette Lozacamp. 30-plus years experience. Still can't believe